It's time for Between the Pipes with Andrew Raycroft. Hey, let's go. There's going to be a lot of traffic on the way to the game. Ah, uh, don't worry. I got Bruins plate. People get out of my way. Au revoir. Have a good game. Great plates. I want them too. Are you even old enough to drive? Presented by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning. The name to know when your drains don't flow on WEEI. All right, let's talk some hockey. We will get back to you spitting hot Red Sox fire, so don't give up your spot in line on the phones. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, our buddy Andrew Raycroft of Nesson. Hold on, i got to take a big breath here. <gasps> Brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market, bringing people together around food. By John Sewer and Drain Cleaning, the name to know when your drains don't flow. By D'Angelo's Grilled Sandwiches. For a limited time, get 20% off your order using code 2020. <gasps> and by Brennan's Smoke Shop, the very best smoke shop in Massachusetts and now in New Hampshire. Brennan's, after 30 years expanding into tax-free Hudson, New Hampshire. Wow, what a popular guy. Thank God we have him. He pays for the whole show. Andrew Raycroft joining us on the Harbor One Hotline. Hello. Good grief. You're the most marketable man in Boston right now. How how do I see some of that myself? Jeez, it keeps getting longer every time, and the sales guys aren't calling me, that's for sure. Oh, man. Well, you know, there's there's a cash flow problem in Boston, as you know. Like, uh, in uh, Onyaki Way, they're really tightening the bootstraps. So, I guess it's uh, everybody. Uh, 4 nothing last night against a depleted Colorado team. So, to put it into context, Razor, how depleted were the Avalanche last night? As depleted as the Red Sox are right now. Very depleted. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody was there. They uh, they had essentially an AHL lineup that they've been ravaged with injuries. And listen, some of those games can be can be trap games. Uh, you can get out on the road and you can overlook it. The Bruins did a good job, especially after the first period, of staying to their game and staying disciplined and had a very professional workmanlike victory on the road against a team that, that didn't have a lot of talent. What was your takeaway from the Vegas game? You know, the Bruce Cassidy uh, highlight reel, which I'm glad they did it. I didn't know how they were going to pull off a coach highlight reel, but they did a good job. And, uh, you know, he gets the uh, the ovation. He's very emotional. Golden Knights are up 3-0, but Bruins fight all the way back, force overtime, ultimately losing a shootout. But that whole game, the whole range of emotions, what was your takeaway? Well, I, I thought it was well done. I, did, I didn't want it to be a, a huge deal. At the end of the day, he's the coach, not Patrice Bergeron or Brad Marchand or David Pasternak. So I, I thought they did it well. I thought it was, you know, I'm glad it wasn't a seven-minute standing ovation. It was, <laughs> it was, you know, 20 seconds, perfect amount, and move on with the game. Uh, the Bruins really dominated, certainly after being down 2 nothing or 3 nothing. I thought they did a great job coming back against the team that's considered the best in the West. And, um, they, they just didn't necessarily start on time. So all in all, it ended up being a pretty good loss at home, if you can consider that. And uh, no no panic, no issues, nothing, still nothing really creeping in on this team, especially backing it up with a win in Colorado last night. You know, Razor, it's tough to say about Bruce Cassidy that a firing was warranted because he did do a good job. However, Young players and some veterans have responded with him being out of here and Jim Montgomery in. So does that kind of add the justification for the reasoning as to why to get rid of Bruce Cassidy? Or were those players about to pop regardless of who the coach was? No, I think you can say that. I, you know, I, I know we talked about it when the firing came. You, coaches get fired for two reasons. One, they don't win enough, and that's the more – natural firing in pro sports but the other is 
they lose the players. They lose the room. And, and I think that's fair to say. And, and there's nothing – it doesn't mean that Bruce Cassidy's a bad guy or a bad coach. It means he was here six years. His motivational tactics started to, you know, wear and not work as well, and and guys needed a new voice. And I think you have to give the Bruins credit for recognizing that and recognizing that Jim Montgomery was going to be the perfect way to come in behind that and have the the right communication skills for what they thought was necessary for these players. So, again, it doesn't have to be completely negative. I think it's just a matter of six years. Bruce Cassidy's a good coach, but – it was time for, for change, and that's what pro sports is. We had uh, been looking forward to this stretch that they're in right now for a while, the, the challenging games with Tampa, Florida, Carolina, Colorado, Vegas. But as you had just mentioned earlier, Colorado is out a bunch of guys. Vegas didn't have Jack Eichel, am- amongst others. How much have we been able to learn, though, in your mind, through this stretch against these teams that are good teams but maybe not at full strength? Well, I think we learned at least the Eastern Conference, the Carolinas, the Tampa Bays, the Floridas, that this Bruins team and a lot of talk last season about the physicality. Can they handle the more physical teams, the bigger teams? I think that's gone away. I think they have been able to supplement that. I think Nick Foligno getting back to his game has helped. A.J. Greer, Trent Frederick taking a step, Charlie Coyle, and Taylor Hall being on that line, being able to use his speed. So I think the the big question was, can they play with the big physical teams, certainly in the Eastern Conference? And, and they've answered that in a big way the last couple of weeks. They still were able to fortunately dodge the Colorado Avalanche and their power play with all the big dogs on it. Same with Vegas, although we'll probably see Jack Eichel in Vegas in a couple of days. They're not going to have Petrangelo, who's out with personal issues. So, Yes, they, they haven't seen the complete iron that we thought they were going to, but I also think we've seen that this team's actually really, really good and that teams like Carolina, Tampa Bay are actually looking up at the Bruins right now, and that's why it might not have been as tough as we all thought it was going to be. Uh, Razor, when did uh, Tomas Nosek turn into an enforcer? <laughs> well... Let's 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 turn Thomas Nosek back out of an enforcer and into a great fourth line defensive centerman. Uh, last night was a little much for me. I don't want him getting in there and having his face broken by an AHL guy that you don't know anything about. It's like it, you know some of the, the the old days guys would go in and grab a guy and he'd get hit with fifty eight left before he knew he was a lefty, <laughs> and uh, that's what you don't want to see out of a Thomas Nosek. So. I appreciate the all-for-one camaraderie this team has, but at the same time, not necessarily all, always want to see him dropping the gloves. Okay, what's the worst fight you ever saw maybe with a teammate where you knew, oh, this dude's about to get his ass kicked? <laughs> well, I, I, I love one of my best friends in the world, Cal Gill. And he dropped the gloves with Zedano Chara one afternoon in the garden. And it, it, I've, it was not, uh, not ideal. And anybody fighting Zedano Chara, another great friend of mine, Brian McCabe, did the same thing. You can look at that highlight in Toronto. Um, so anybody that I saw drop with Zedano Chara was a big problem. But how? My buddy was that was that was one of the worst. Where I was like, "Oh no, oh no, Makes, oh, no. yeah." I'm not surprised it's a Chara fight. Did you play with any like absolute goons in the minors that just kind of skated oh, around with no great sticks? Question. 
<laughs> yes. Oh man, there's dozens of them. I we had a, a guy in in juniors, um, Mantha. His last name was Mantha. We called him Mo Mantha because it was an old NHL player. We called him Mo. He literally came in for like three games. He was doing push-ups at the blue line, and, <laughs> and then he just like disappeared. He was wearing work. I think he went and just worked construction after that. He was wearing work boots to the rink um, in the minors. We. Awesome. And, Guys like Aaron Downey literally doing push-ups at center ice and fights at war. Like, the oh, story is back I love then. It. Incredible. I remember yeah. Aaron Downey from the Providence Bruins days. <laughs> yeah. My that's God. I mean. Yeah, that's why I was down there in Providence yep. with him. Yeah, Aaron Downey. What a fan favorite that guy was. Now, it's funny because now that you say Aaron Downey, and I remember him, the question I was going to ask you is, were the enforcers just all lunkheads? But Downey could, like, speak. Like, we had him on the radio. He was actually kind of cool. But it, it debunks yeah. my question in a way. But were most of them lunkheads? Oh, no question. And, <laughs> yeah, and type. you know, like, they could be kind of book smart. But you get them, in, you know, there are some guys that were book smart. Could, but, no, definitely lunkheads. Definitely, like, like <laughs> we literally one time at practice, they dropped the heavy bag off of the off the scoreboard in, in at the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence, and, and there's a dozen of us looking around like, "What the hell is going on here? Like, are, this is full on slap shot. What are we doing right now? I am out of here." Like, I remember three or four of us like, "All right, I'm out. Like, I'm skate. I can't watch this. This is embarrassing." Pro hockey. They actually dropped the heavy bag down from the scoreboard. I'll never forget it in the Dunkin' Donuts. That's Center. amazing. Yeah, slap shot uh, hard to beat, but goon. Great film and Goon Two. Underrated Goon Two. Both of them are yeah, great. Goon. Yeah. The only Goon I remember is the great Bill Irwin in WWE yeah, in '96. Did you know Razor? <laughs> the WWE dressed up a guy as a hockey player and made him a pro wrestler and <laughs> turned him into the Goon. Didn't work. Didn't uh, work. I re- I remember that it didn't work and, and certainly not a good look for hockey players. That's true. No, no that's true too. He's not, a jobber. Did not help. Uh, so yeah. l- last night, uh, David Pasternak scores his 18th goal of the season. I mean, barring, you know, injury, this has got to be his first 50-goal season this year, don't you think? Yes. Yes, he's cruising. And uh, the way he's playing, he's being a little more physical, a little more involved on a consistent basis that way. And, and yeah, he's, he's, he's destined to hit 50. And you, it's going to be at the Garden in the afternoon for a hat trick, and the place will go nuts. And then the Boston Bruins are going to have to deal with the millionaire tax here in Massachusetts like <laughs> yeah. all the other teams are having to deal with. Uh-huh. Oh, no. By the way, we meant to ask you, uh, do you have an update on the loony? Are we any closer? Are you hearing from the Players Association that the cap uh, for next year is going to be set soon? That's a good question. I, I haven't asked that question from anyone. I'll find out. I'll find out for next week when that decision gets down for you. I don't know um, what the number is or when the deadline is. Good right. question. Very good. We also yesterday discussed the loony and wondered who would be like if uh, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the is Mount Rushmore of Canadians. Yeah, we were. I trying don't know to... if there's a famous mountain with faces on it in Canada, <laughs> but if there were was, who would be on it? Who would be worthy of the loony yeah. picture? Wayne Gretzky, yeah. Celine Dion, um, oh, Terry Fox. Okay. Uh, Terry Fox is number one, actually. Terry Fox, number one. Wayne Gretzky, number two. Celine Dion, number three. And... Brett the Hitman Hart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brett the Hitman number yeah. four. I like it. That's a good four right there. That actually I'd put that is. four up against any country's four. <laughs> right, yeah, absolutely. 
Imagine, <laughs> imagine the debate in the U.S. Yeah. trying to just narrow it down to four. Uh, <laughs> one real hockey. That's our show tomorrow, by the way. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, who goes in the tickle trunk this week, Razor? We are going to put, and I had Taylor Hall in there. He's dominating now. Charlie McAvoy was in there last time. We are going to put Jake DeBrusque in the tickle trunk because he's got to get going a little bit offensively, but he's been doing so much defensively, so much on that top line. They only played like 14 minutes last night. We've talked about Bruce Cassidy just recently and the players. What he's done, being able to contribute on a nightly basis without being on the score sheet is something we've all been waiting from Jake DeBrusque, and he's got there this season and a huge reason why the Bruins are off to this. So a little unheralded, hasn't gone on a hot streak like we've seen Jake scoring-wise, but really, really disciplined all season long from him. Great stuff, Razor. Thanks a bunch, man. We appreciate it. We'll catch you next week. All right. Enjoy those Bogarts. Calls all day. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sure baby. Will. There goes Andrew Raycroft <laughs> with us on the Harbor One hotline.